Imagine how kind the world could be if each of us spent a small part of our day actively listening to someone else. In each episode of Active Listening, students from the University of St. Francis share conversation with older adults and discuss life lessons. The project's goal is simple, to bring people together through the kindness of listening. Today we'll hear from Anita. She was interviewed by Laura Jansen. Anita shares her experiences with marriage and parenthood, which shaped one of the longest chapters of her life. Now divorced, Anita tells Laura what she learned along the way. So what do you remember about your 20s? Well, I was married when I was 21, and I married my sweetheart from, well, he was eight years old and I was 10. We broke up several times because of the age difference. After a couple of times that we had set dates, uh, we finally got married. It was in upstate New York, and it was snowing at the time. And a lot of cars were off the roads. It was November 9th, and it was so much snow that cars were off the roads. And I was late for the wedding. I was very much in love. And, um, and when you said you already had two kids when you were 24? Yeah, yeah, I did. At first, the doctor, we had a family doctor, and the doctor said, now you wait to have children, you know. Well, I wanted to see if I could have children, because I never had sex before or nothing. So I thought, heck, I'll see. Well, of course, nine months and two days later, after we were married, I had a child. I never had any problems having them, and, and I always was able to take care of them afterward. And my husband was from the old school. He made the living, but the woman took care of the kids and all the house service stuff. Even at that time, we had friends that was opposite. The guy would help her with the children, but I never thought about it. You know, I was able to do it. When he was like 43 is when this other woman, he was very aggressive. She decided she wanted to change her life. He was a, a drinker. I mean, he'd go down to his mom-and-pop place and drink all the time. But I could always call him, and he'd come home, and he never was silent about where he was. So you were 45 at the time? Yeah, mm-hmm. That's right. He got went for the divorce. I didn't really want it. And then I asked for it. Let's go to a counselor. No. He said the counselors have trouble with their own marriages anyway. They can't even take care of themselves. So that was his reason. And then I said, how about separation? No. That wouldn't work. So anyway, everything he didn't want because he was all involved with her. And she was very aggressive. Mm-hmm. She'd been married four times before. She had her own marriage at the time, but she didn't like that marriage, so she wanted another one. So how old were your kids at that time? Well, I had two left at home, 13 and 14, a boy and a girl. And those two are the same ones that I have involved with right now. The rest of them are, I mean, I can call them and they'll do things for me, but... They are not uh, the type that call me and see how I am or come and pick me up or anything. Andy and Cheryl are the last two, and we're closer. And maybe that was the reason, because we were the last ones. Because I've always helped people along the way and never questioned, you know, them. And I used to drive all the time, and I'd take people grocery shopping, appointments, and all this nasty, and never think about asking them to pay anything. All I needed was a thank you, that's all. And when we were, I was going to nanny school in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, I got this because I was housekeeping this lady that I was housekeeping for. She said, Nanny, come here and take this number down. This is just for you. And it was the 800 number. And so I took it down, I called them, and they would pay my transportation to Atlanta, Georgia. This was when I said, and then you go to nanny school. And it was like $8,000 that the government would pay, and then you pay it back later. And so I went. It was the first flight I'd ever been on. So I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and and went to school. And I thought, I don't need to know anything. I've raised eight kids already, you know. 
but they did teach you a lot. They did, they really did. I learned a lot of things about you do not have to strike a child at all. You have to set up a scenario that makes them want to do what you want them to do. And I found a lot of things, you know. And even after I come home, I tried to teach my children that, you know. But, and they all had their, 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 whatever they wanted to do. So, uh, but uh, I learned a lot and I met a lot of people there. And I'm still, I'm still associated with a couple of the people that I nannied for. And the, the kids have grown, they were in college and some of them just got married and stuff like this. So, and the one lady, uh, Laura Marley, the first ones that I nannied for when I was celebrating my 75th birthday, she sent me $500. And I thought she liked me. I knew she liked me, but I didn't know she liked me that much. But I should have thought because she gave me guardian of her children because she was on this really scary airplane ride because she her business made her go on planes. And she was really uh, scary this one time. So when we were transferred to Colorado, she got two different flights, one for her husband and one boy, one for me and the other boy. She said, well, if I lose part of my family, I still got part of it. And she made me guardian of her, of her child. And so she really had confidence in me, you know, that I would take her care of her child. And, uh, but nothing happened, of course, but, but it could have. And then if I hadn't got divorced, I wouldn't have been a nanny. I wouldn't have had met all the people that I met. And uh, even though it was hard, it was really hard, because I was devastated, because I thought, that's the end of my world, you know, because that's all I do. Well, and it was such a big part of your world for about 20... What, 27 five, years? Yeah, 27 years. I couldn't understand why he got so involved with this woman. So you had been nanny, you said you were in your 50s when you got that job. Was there another, was that the only family that you... No, I, I went to several different ones. Right now, I have a lot of grandkids, great-grandkids, but I don't have any contact with a lot of the children. The only two is actually Andy and Cheryl were the last two. And then Annie, if I call her, she'll talk to me, but she never calls me. Julie will call me on her way to work just to talk to me. And uh, uh, that's it. You know, all the rest of the kids are sort of doing their own thing. And, yeah, have their busy lives. Yeah, but you know, like my good friend, she says, I can't understand why you've got all these kids, why can't they can't? One of them would just come and every week or so, another would come and take you out or do something with you because you've got so many kids. And she just can't understand that. And, and but Kurt, she's got kids that are the same way. She said, I don't know why kids these days don't think about their moms or, or their grandparents or whatever, you know. So, so do you have a lot of um, grandchildren here in Fort Wayne or do some of them live out of town? Some of them live out of town, but I've got more of them here. My daughter, uh, Tiffany, was her, her grandchild. Oh, she's mine too. But when she was living, she was only about 12. And this is way back before they were coming here and everything. She came home from school with pink hair. Well, Patty, bless her soul, she ignored it. She didn't say nothing to her about it. I mean, but she called Fred, that was her husband. She said, Fred, we're gonna take Tiffany out to eat tonight. So they took her out to eat. And uh, Tiffany went. 
of course, all that was before anybody did it. So all the people in the restaurant were talking, look at that girl with her big hair, blah, blah, blah. And she was so embarrassed that when she got home, she said, Patty, would you wash this stuff out of my hair? You know, but if Patty had said, you know, you shouldn't do that, you're blah, 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 you know. But you gotta ignore a lot of things that the kids do. Because they're just teenagers, it doesn't hurt anything. What does it hurt? Like, Patty and Tiffany said, well, how come you didn't say nothing about my hair? She said, well, it's your hair, if you like it. You know, that's you. But she said, I, I don't like it, but I would better, you know. It sounded like she learned her lesson on she, her own. She, she did. She didn't have to have anybody say anything she did, to her. Because look at all those people we're talking about. She was so embarrassed. <laughs> I think that's good advice to let people know yeah. that sometimes, as long as it's not harming It's not hurting else, them. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that what you give out, you get back. And I've always tried to be positive, no matter. Lots of things that have happened to me, I could have taken a negative way. But I always try to get the positive, even though it's easy to take the negative. If you have a relationship with the Lord, it automatically lets you do the right thing because you've got that in your system that you're not going to take the negative approach. So what kind of advice would you give for the younger generations kind of looking back? I would say listen to your elders, respect what they're saying, and and study your Bible. I mean, respect the Lord. I mean, He was the one that made you. He loves you. He wants you to be with you in heaven. Remember that He died. He would die for you only if you were the only one here on earth. He would have died for you. But He died for all of us because we're all sinners. You know how a baby is. They want this. They want that. I mean, they're always wanting something till they get older, and then they realize that they're they're not the only person. They, I mean, there's other people and they have to adhere to what other people want to make sure you have a good relationship with the Lord. Well, thank you very much, Anita, for your time today. You're welcome. I've enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. What you just heard is part of the Active Listening series, put together as a collaboration between the University of St. Francis and WBOI. Additional conversations can be found online at WBOI.org or wherever WBOI podcasts are found. Faculty advisors for active listening are Miles Fulwider, Jane Martin, and Kristen Miller. This program was also made possible thanks to the support of Trina Bodeker from the USF Office for Service and Social Action. Our interviewers are Laura Jansen, Georgia Lieb, Caleb Meyer, Sean Rollins, Jennifer Schinkel, Sage Souter, Miranda Tyler, Kendra Seifring, and Doe Thong. USF Meta students are Nicholas Cardosa, Vaughn Gallagher, Joey Lamping, Ashley Price, Renee Robinson, Tyler Ross, and Jennifer Schinkel. Active Listening's creative director is Larissa Whitaker. Our music is by Noah Campadonico. And thank you for listening.